This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. You can call in about whatever's on your mind. We've got an update here. I guess not really on the same story we covered last night, but a a similar story, similarly themed. We talked last night about a dance club that was raided. Actually, it wasn't really even a dance club. It was just a temporary dance club. It was an art gallery that had been turned into a dance club for a little, you know, fundraising kind of shindig that they were throwing. And as we know very well at this point, the police, they don't like it so much when people have fun without a permit. And so they came in and they arrested, no, excuse me, they didn't arrest, they stole the cars from 44 people and then charged them $900 to get them back out of the impound lot. They also ticketed over 130 people for, I think the charge was loitering in a place where alcohol was being served illegally. And so, you know, this is going to cost people quite a bit of money in order to comply with all of these regulations. They also threatened the organizers of the event because they did not they had not pulled a dancing permit in order to uh, to have their little event. So what they're going to do is they're going to continue the uh, the party, essentially, and they are going to continue to dance without a permit and I guess fight the charges if they are indeed brought. So we'll, we'll certainly keep you up to date if we hear more about that. But in other related news... It's not just Detroit that wants to ban dancing without a permit. Also going on in France, according to the Times Online at timesonline.co.uk, they turn out in their hundreds in Stetsons and Boots as hits such as the Crazy Foot Mambo and the Cowboy Strut Echo around their village halls. They're drawn by a love of American culture, although definitely not American politics, and a passion for line dancing, which enables them to swing but avoid all human contact. Now, country and western has become so big in France that the country's bureaucrats have decided to bring the craze under state control. Oh, my. The French administration has moved to create an official country dancing diploma as part of a drive to regulate the fad. Authorized instructors who have been on publicly funded training courses will be put in charge of line dancing lessons and balls. The rules, which come into force next year, come after the rapid spread of country and western in France, where an estimated 100,000 people line dance several times a week. Oh, this is out of control. This is, this is chaos. Yeah. People line dancing without asking their the government place. for permission? Who do they think they are? Well, Jean Cheveau, the chairman of the country section of the French Dance Federation, said it's growing at a crazy rate. There are thousands of clubs and more are springing up all the time. He said the French shunned the square dancing that's popular among country and western fans in the United States because it involved physical contact. They don't want to take anyone by the hand or anything like that, he said. But they were passionate about line dancing, where participants followed the steps without touching anyone else. I didn't know the French were so uppity about touching other people. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was, you know, the country of love or whatever, where you're supposed to. I mean, love doesn't that normally involve touching people? Perhaps uh, they'll, they'll if they they're afraid that if they uh, touch each other that they'll be overcome with the desire to French kiss of one another. Well, that's a possibility. Apparently, uh, he says, I think it corresponds to the individualism of our times. Said the bureaucrat. 
uh, the chairman rather, village associations boast dozens and sometimes hundreds of members. Competitions are flourishing, and a country music festival is expected to draw over 150,000 people this summer, he said. Britain caught the line dancing bug a long time before us, but now we're really going for it, he said. It's complete madness here. The majority of enthusiasts in France are women who leave their you know, husbands. The, the terminology madness and out of control bother me in the use uh, when you're talking about line dancing, where people don't even touch each other. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that madness is occurring. You know, people stomping around and, and flipping around in circles and, you know, doing whatever it is that they do in line dancing. I've seen it. I, I don't know how to describe it other mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, aerobics to music. Yeah. I, guess, uh, I guess aerobics is to music. It's it's aerobics. It's you know some sort of exercise and you know, a way to get out and I suppose meet people. But I suppose if you're trying very hard not to touch them, then you're not trying real hard to meet them. But whatever that whatever it is that people want to do, I don't care. Well, according to the story here, most of them are women in France. They leave their husbands and boyfriends in front of the television while they go out for le country, as it is called. They often spend several evenings a week perfecting steps to the sound of every cotton picking morning. Country walking or Irish spirit. Yannick Bigard, who's been line dancing for four years, said that uh, she said she couldn't imagine going without the costume or at least the boots and the hat. I spend my time imagining new choreographies. Mr. Chavot said the trends illustrated France compli- France's complicated and ambiguous relationship with the United States. He says we love American magic and the American dream, but we hate Americans when we confront the hard reality of their behavior throughout the world. Oh, oh we're all getting painted with the same brush all around the world. Isn't it awful? Because we're not the ones that are going around the world invading other people's countries, killing people and dropping bombs. It's the American government people that are going around doing that. But how unfortunate that all of us get thrown into the blender of uh, of blame in this particular case. And yeah. It, just another example. I saw, I saw a book, uh, I think it was called Sorry World, We Didn't Vote For Him or something like that, with just pictures upon pictures of people saying, you know, holding up signs saying, yeah. we didn't vote for him. That, that was from a website, or I think. Sorry or something originally. like that, yeah. Yep. And uh, so it wasn't us. Please don't blame us. Uh, so, and, and this really backs up what we've said before on this show, and that is that people around the world... They love what comes out of American culture. A lot of what comes out, I mean, whether it's Pepsi or, or Britney Spears or whatever, the Hollywood movies, people around the world eat that stuff up. McDonald's, whatever. But if it's something that involves invading, if it's something that involves controlling others that the, the American government does, then they hate that. Well, and then, then, then they blame all of us. For it. It's part of the uh, human condition. Humans like to group other humans sure. and, and, into groups. And I no more deserve to be loved by the French for Pepsi than I deserve to be hated by the French for what the government's doing in Iraq or around the world or wherever they are. Right. You didn't make Pepsi, nor did you invade Iraq. No. I mean, you know, the, the French people don't know who the heck I am. And the fact that I live on this landmass here, well, you know, what's that got to do with you liking or disliking me? Now, here's the real uh, nitty-gritty of this story. The actual detail on what will be required to be a legal line dancer in France, presuming these controls uh, are implemented. French civil servants say line dancing should be submitted to the same rules as sports, such as football and rugby. This means imposing training courses for line dancing teachers and a state-approved diploma for anyone who wants to give lessons or run clubs Mm. so it doesn't sound like they're uh, going to regulate each individual line dancer but if you're going to be putting on a line dancing party of some sort you will be required to be registered with the state 
and go through the appropriate training, which will be 200 hours of training if you want to be what's considered an amateur instructor. However, if you'd like to get the professional ranking, you'll have to go through 600 hours of line dancing training. Which is probably really good news for those people uh, that are going to r- run the schools, don't you think? Uh, it, it absolutely is. It's just a money-making scheme for uh, the government and for people that would be setting up the schools. I how, don't wait a minute. Reason. How dare you be so cynical, Mark? What do you mean, money-making? This is to protect people. People could get the, out there on the line dance at the square dance floor or the line dance floor, and they could exhaust themselves. If they aren't doing, you know, they're not drinking enough water, they could p- possibly pass out. And we could have people hurting, uh, get hurt, getting hurt. Even though they don't touch others, they could still be hurting themselves. We they need to make go, sure that their instructors and their song leaders are uh, trained they and could, ready to handle this. They could go for walks and exhaust themselves. <laughs> they could jog and exhaust themselves. They could ride bikes and exhaust themselves. I think that uh, if the French people can't be trusted uh, to know when they're exhausted, that you really can't trust them to do anything. Well, the interesting thing about the story is it doesn't sound like the government has mentioned safety explicitly as a concern. They just say that the craze is out of control, and it almost sounded to me Madness. it almost sounded to me as if they wanted to control it almost more for social reasons. Well, that maybe I, some bureaucrats didn't like the idea of country music getting so big in France. I think and, I may have given the wrong impression. Uh, Jean Chauvineau is actually chairman of the country section of the French Dance Federation, and I don't believe he is pushing for this. He's just an advocate for dancing. So it's he. He is the one that is using terms like it's madness. It's actually not the government people that are saying that. The government people are just saying, hmm, a lot of here's people a, are doing here's this. Something to, here's a chance let's to regulate in. something. Yeah, let's cash in because they're going to be charging 1,500 pounds for the professional course. So that's three grand. So this is a huge money-making thing for these uh, these schools that have clearly teamed up with the government people in order to guarantee themselves some business. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over 2,000 Free Talk Live listeners, over 350,000 posts, for you to surf around through, you'll find them all, and they are free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. President Barack Obama, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. In fact, we'll be talking a lot more about the Free State Project in the upcoming days. As though we don't discuss them enough on Free Talk Live, we're going to be going out to free, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, as of Thursday night. So Thursday night show, we will be live from Porkfest, and you can go to porkfest.com to learn more about what's going on there. Of course, we'll be telling you all about it at that time, though I've already gotten preliminary reports uh, from Porkfest as far as some of the interesting things that went down yesterday involving the state government people uh, showing up. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. But first, let's go to your phone calls and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. 
Yeah, I just got a brilliant idea. How? Yeah, no, I mean, I called up the other uh, while ago and said, you know, coin collectors, they love United States history. They know about United States history and the value of gold and silver, and there's a lot of common ground there, you know, recruiting coin collectors. But I just came up with another brilliant idea how liberty-minded people can do a real nasty here. You see, you somebody goes to sign up for lessons at a martial arts studio, okay? Typically, the instructor says, now, remember, what I'm teaching you here is only for self-defense, not for starting fights. You know, if you can run away, I mean, even do that, but this is not for starting fights. If I find out that you go picking fights on other people, I'm not going to teach you anymore. Okay, you know how that's basically the philosophy of a lot yeah, of these instructors. Okay. Absolutely. Well, what could be more innocent and peaceful than a bunch of teenagers minding their own business, smoking pot and drinking beer at a high school graduation kegger? And what could happens be nationwide? It's so innocuous. It happens all and, over the place. And what could be more unprovoked violence than a bunch of gun-toting goons in? bulletproof vest going in there to grab these people and handcuff them and force them into patrol cars against their will. So the, what we got to do is try It's to clear who the, the, the initiators of force are. It's clear who the aggressors are there. The so government we people. We've got to talk to these instructors about don't teach cops. Okay, because... That's cops a good point. Are, cops are in the business of starting the trouble. This is exactly the kind of What you're going to come across, though, is a lot of those instructors, the martial arts instructors, many of them are former cops. Uh, when I took jiu-jitsu class in, down in Sarasota, uh, the guy that was the teacher is a, uh, a former cop. So, and he was yeah. a hell of a nice guy and really knew his stuff, but, but when you, it's going to be when tough to convince them even, not to teach their own kind. When you're uh, teaching, when some of these instructors refuse to teach cops uh, because cops are in the business of starting unprovoked violence, that sends out a powerful message throughout the community. That's an interesting and, viewpoint, Tom. And, and it's a viewpoint that, I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing that the d teenagers would be justified in fighting back against the cops, because, the, I mean, somebody's trying They'd to... They'd be justified, but it just resulted in them dying. I mean, that's well, the problem and, with and that, Not Tom. to mention the news would uh, twist the story. You right. know, yeah. teen, cops break gang. up riot! Yeah. So, Tom, yeah. hey, are you going to Pork Fest this year? Yeah, I'm, I've got a vendor table lined oh, wow. up. And, uh, so what will you be vending? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, merchandise. What are you going to sell? The, the uh, U-Dad stuff? Merchandise. What is it, a secret? Okay, it's merchandise. You, you, okay. Anyway, well, make sure you wave help. at me when you see, when you see the, me. Be Tom. on the lookout for Tom. He'll be out there. Uh, Tom, look out, though. From what I understand, the latest from Pork Fest is that the, uh, the, I guess the Department of Revenue has shown up and has started to demand some sort of permitting in order to, uh, in, in order to actually allow the tables to continue to exist. So I'm not sure. Yes. It's just a rumor at this point. It's unconfirmed. Uh, I've yet to actually talk to anyone who's on the ground at Porkfest about this. Thanks for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. I found out because uh, today a group of folks came over from Porkfest on a bus tour here to Keene. We both went out and uh, met them at the, the China Buffet here in town. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great group of people that, that had come over, so many that we wouldn't have been able to even talk to them all. There was like 25 people, I think, on that bus. And 
one of them, and I forget who it was, told me that essentially what happened last night, and maybe you should get old uh, Jason Osborne from Cycle CAI to dial in on this, Mark, and, and tell us about what happened. But I understand that the first incident was the fire marshal showed up to the Seikel CAI fun tent and attempted to shut down the fun. Well, um, I, I think that we should uh, interview them when we get there. The fire marshal? No, not the fire. If the fire marshal would uh, would deign to be interviewed by us, <laughs> sure. Let's talk to his bureaucratic butt, too. But I, I, I think that we would probably have a, uh, our best time interviewing Jason while we're there. So it's my understanding that they were required uh, or they went ahead and they obeyed the demands of the fire marshal people to go and, and retrieve, I suppose, from Home Depot or something, a couple of fire extinguishers that had to be hung on the sides, both sides of the Seiko CAI fun tent. Which, you know, I mean, it's a tent. Who's going to get trapped in it when it's burning? And who's going to want to bother putting it out? I mean, I guess you want to keep it from spreading, but what are you going to save? Exactly. Right. I don't know. I, once, once there's a, a small hole, a, a relatively small hole burned in a tent, it's useless. I suppose you could patch it if it was only a foot was in there, diameter or something. But Sam is, is actually sitting here in Texas, uh, from Texas, and uh, he's sitting in the back right now. And I'm just curious, was there any fire going on underneath the Seiko CAI fun tent? Just a quick yes or no. He says no. So no, There were no the, fires in the tent. Right. So what exactly? I mean, could understand, like, whoa, you've got a bonfire underneath this tent here. You're going to need to have some gear nearby. Could, that could be understandable. But people partying and drinking under the tent, what exactly is the issue there? I, I, don't I mean, know. I've heard of there. There are restrictions on how many people you can put into a into a building. Occupancy, right? Yeah. There are occupancy standards, but I don't think they apply to tents unless I'm missing something. Yeah, it's I've very never strange. heard of such a thing. It just seems like they're trying to, to apparently to crack down on uh, the free staters because then I also understand that they went to the people that were running vendor tables. Uh, like Tom just called in, he's going to have one. Uh, Mark Warden is going to have one later this week. And there are going to be a number of people out there vending various different things. And apparently somebody from the state government or claiming to be from the state government came by and said they're going to need permits. Now, I don't know what I've, what I've uh, yet to figure out is if they are going to, to, to require permits from every individual vendor or are they going to have the Free State Project organization pull a permit to cover the entire event. It would seem as though if they wanted to be a pain in the butt, they'd do it from every single vendor. So I'm not sure where exactly they're coming from. Perhaps we'll be able to get in touch with somebody who's maybe listening at Porkfest here and uh, bring them on board, and perhaps they'll know a little bit more. But I'm hoping that people will refuse to obey, uh, in this, especially in this vendor case. And I'll explain why. I think now is a better time than ever to refuse to obey these people. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show, including Chelsea, who is our newest Shriner. You can go to uh, shrine.freetalklive.com and see her for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. 
Dot-com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Well, now you can purchase knobs, pulls, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, pulls, and more at internobs.com. Our number here, 800-259-9231. So we're going to get the latest on the Pork Fest situation. I did get in touch with Rich Goldman. He is the organizer of this year's Pork Fest, and we didn't have a chance to really line him up quite for this particular segment of the show, so we're going to try to bring him on here uh, at some point tonight, perhaps with perhaps the next segment I'll do my best, and we'll find out what the latest is with the apparent state crackdown on the activities at Porkfest. Uh, has the state picked the wrong battle in this particular case? We'll see what the activists are doing to respond to the demands that they get permits for their vendor tables and that they obey various different fire regulations. We will check in with that, but first we check in with Dave in Ohio listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. I thought after 10 years or it should be after seven years, you can have your record expunged if you did a felony. I, do they, huh? go, I, I think that it depends on uh, each state, and uh, you know, I do, I'm not a, an expert on expungement, but I've, I I know that it's ten years for a, a pardon. Yeah, because I I'm thinking of expunging my record, and I'm getting the runaround from the local government. Yeah, um, I, I I can't give you much advice. I I think you have to go through the court system to expunge yeah. your record. It's like we're saying criminal. You have no right when it's been more than 12 years. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah, you've, if you've kept yourself out of trouble for 12 years, why should they have a problem with it? Yeah, Yeah, I haven't even been arrested for jaywalking, even. Yeah? It's a tough process. Have you done any jaywalking since then? No. Yeah? Not Mac and Reville, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, thanks for the call tonight, and good luck. 800-259-9231. Mark, any word on how things went for you down in Florida? Did you... When are they going to get back to you on that? Um, At this point, it could be six months. Okay. So whenever they want, then, basically. Yeah. Um, You know, I've got a lot of paperwork to turn into them. Our number here, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. It is Gene, the Christian anarchist on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hey, in a couple of weeks, I'll give you a call from China. going to be Excellent. in China again. Very good, sir. What's and, on your uh, mind tonight? Well, right now, I'm going to go into that hot as a pistol topic of homosexuality. You All were right. mentioning yesterday about how you think that it's uh, genetic and that people... Uh, have, uh, well, I think that's one explanation. Allow me to explicate for a moment before you go on. I think that uh, there are people who would point out that there's some uh, some evidence that it's genetic, or there are also others who will point out that it could be environment. Uh, it could be a combo, you know, it could be one or the other, maybe a combo of both. I wouldn't rule either of them out, but certainly when someone tells me that they have, uh, from a young age, been experiencing attraction to the same sex, that tells me that it didn't have anything to do with the environment, and it, they were born that way. So go ahead with your point. Well, okay. Well, um, of course, whatever we say or whatever we feel really is not, it's not subjective, and it's not, uh, uh, it, it's not something that we can trust 100%. Now, the other, yesterday, you did say that you made the claim that somebody's homosexuality was genetic. Now, you just made it off the cuff, and I realize that, but when we make statements off the cuff, we really should be prepared to back them up. Now, the scientific studies and the most 
the most uh, pertinent ones are the ones regarding homosexuality in identical twins. Now, if you do a search, and, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and argue this over the phone. I, I know this is going to uh, probably uh, raise the ire of a lot of your listeners, and there will be some additional phone calls. But all you have to do is go to Google search or any other search engine and search for studies on homosexuality and identical twins, and you'll come up with all the data that's been published over the years, and it's completely inconclusive. And it, and it shows that there are identical twins who are, one will be homosexual, one will be heterosexual. Now, identical twins are clones. They're, they're basically genetic clones. They're identical in the, in the uh, genetic area. So, Gene, uh, when I think of this regard, issue, I think that there's, like, I, I, I sort of see evidence on both sides, that there's both uh, environmental and genetic issues when it comes to homosexuality. But I, I sort of look at it like uh, being a carnivore. I think that that's, to some extent, genetic, and it's, to some extent, environmental. Um, I believe that humans have pointy teeth and eyes in the front of their head for a reason, because, well, we're predators to some extent. Um, I also think that if I grew up in a family where they only ate fruits and vegetables, that I'd probably eat fruits and vegetables. And if I was indoctrinated and told every day of my life that it was bad to eat uh, meat, then I would probably eat just the fruits and vegetables. So do you see how it could be both? Uh, actually, I could see how it could be anything, but what I'm talking about is making a claim. And then, uh, especially with the talk show, you've got a powerful audience there. I mean, you've got a powerful platform. Yeah, I, I'm not making a scientific claim, and, and, and Gene, at no point did I claim to be making a scientific claim. I, to, I pointed oh, out that that was you based... You did make the claim that it was genetic. You did yeah, that, that. that's based on my understanding of what gay people have told me about their personal experience. So certainly that's subjective, and certainly it's, uh, you know, involving case studies, and it doesn't, you know, it's not statistically significant, as Jack Thompson might say. Uh, but nonetheless, it's significant to them in their lives, and I think that counts. Well, it, 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 that's true. I mean, you can say that, but what I'm saying is for those people that heard you and then just took it for face value, that the studies do not show right. any kind of conclusive evidence that there you go. there's any kind of a homosexual gene. Now, so maybe what, there though, is, Gene? Certainly okay. There is no scientific evidence. Got it. You just well, wanted to clear so up the science. Is, I got you. Yeah, the so what is when somebody makes a claim that the science, does, science doesn't back up, and that's one of them. Yeah. The science does not back up the claim that there is a genetic homosexual trait. Okay. Nor does it uh, necessarily dispute that claim either. Nor does it necessarily dispute it, Fair other enough, than Gene. the fact that identical twins, some of them, are not homosexual. So well, there you go. Take that for what you want. Yeah, thanks for your call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Inconclusive evidence. And that's fine. The fact is, gay people exist, and they're going to continue to exist. Yep. And you either right now in your town, there are gay people living together in the same house, touching each other, humping. Right now, <laughs> as we speak, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yep. And Nor would I, I want to. Why would you want to? Right. You don't want them coming to your house. If if there were more gay people than there were heterosexual people, should they able, be able to pass legislation against heterosexual people? No. The majority of people do not make right. What they believe does not make right or wrong. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi, hon. You know, I just heard what you were talking about. You know, I have also heard something else, too, that could uh, um, explain some of this. We were told that sometimes a male soul will come back in a female body. Hmm. 
And, interesting. Uh, but, uh, that is interesting. Anyway, this uh, also something else. They just that sounds like your today, fantasy, Mark. <laughs> anyway, they're getting ready to cut the benefits uh, to our veterans. Oh, hey, by the way, Paula, I want to uh, point something out. Last night we kind of blew you off when you'd called in uh, about the uh, the impeachment of George Bush. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it actually is happening, apparently. Yeah, uh, Dennis, no, yeah. Dennis Kucinich, yeah. Yeah, according to the Raw story, uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Kucinich has presented impeachment articles uh, Boy, you wouldn't believe it. Oh. Yep, uh, against President George W. Bush, Five he has presented that worth. to Congress. So, so you were correct about that, and I want to give you uh, credit for that. But also, I also still want to, you know, point out that impeachment does not mean he is going to lose his office. It's just simply them bringing it out there. It doesn't result in anything tangible really happening. We'll bring it back. I know you had something you wanted to talk about, so hang on, Paula. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever is on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Ours is free, so enjoy that. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Order all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more, including DVD classic archive collector sets. And you can find out how to get a free bumper sticker. No purchase required for that, by the way. Just go to store. Dot freetalklive.com. As we continue with your calls, Paula is on the line in Florida. What were you calling about tonight, Paula? Go ahead. Okay, they're getting ready to take uh, the veterans' benefits away from them, uh, 65 and over, and they want to pay other soldiers from other countries benefits. Hmm. Why would I, they want to do that? Why would they want to pay other well, soldiers they, benefits? Well, they passed a bill. Uh, it's, it's H.R. 760, so you can look it up, and, and um, they're sending me a copy of the bill. But anyway... Um, so what are the veterans going to do? I mean, if they get their benefits taken away from them, are they going to attack the government or something? Or what are they going to do? I mean, uh, it was uh, Brombacher from uh, California that started this, another one there with him, and then somebody in Virginia. And so a lot of uh, representatives are really upset about this, and there's going to be a lot of veterans on the street. Well, you know, it is so sad when you hear about things like this, because whether it be the veterans or whether it be Social Security recipients, basically what you're dealing with here, Paula, and I thank you for the call tonight, what you're dealing with is individuals who have chosen to make a deal with a criminal organization. It's a group of people calling themselves government. It's men and women that do business at the threat of violence. They aggress on others' freedoms, and these these soldiers and these Social Security recipients, they've chosen to get into an agreement with these government people. And it's an understandable choice because the government people are so established in our lives. It's, it's, a, it's an easy presumption to make that, well, they've always been here, so they will continue to be here. And so, therefore, if I join and I serve this many years and then I you know, retire, I get this pension or I, in the VA, I uh, get the, this free health care or I, I get this Social Security program, and I'm going to get it for the rest of my life. So it's easy for them to, to look at that deal up front and say, yeah, okay, sure. I'll sign up for that. 
Well, they were they were promised that in exchange were. for service too. They were promised it, and uh, and I understand that people when they when they hear these stories about benefits getting cut, they they get very upset and they say, well, there were promises made. Well. The problem is you made an agreement with a criminal gang, and the criminal gang known as government doesn't have to honor its promises. There's no, uh, there's no punishment that comes to the, the members of government when they don't honor their promises. So they've been changing the deal on all kinds of uh, things that they've, they've put together over time. The Social Security thing, for instance, they continue to raise the age at which you can receive benefit payments on that. Uh, they, I think they've lowered the amounts that you get. I'm not sure exactly where they've. Uh, they're going to have to make cuts because pretty soon the baby boomers are hitting hitting 65. What are we going to do then when right. that tremendous amount of people hits uh, Social Security? Pretty soon you're not going to be able to buy a bag of dog food with your Social Security payment. So there's you know there's the promises they make. And then there's the financial reality of what it would take to back up those promises. And if the two don't meet, if the financial reality doesn't line up with the promises they've made, well, something's got to give. And either they're going to print out a bunch of money to, uh, to actually pay these people what it is they claim that they were owed, and that'll result in the, you know, the, the hyperinflation or continuous inflation that will result in the money being worth less, and it won't really be even worthwhile to cash the check eventually. So they could, they could go that direction, or they could cut benefits, which seems to be the direction they're, they're going in, is, is cutting benefits. And people get very upset about it, but I just want to help you understand that that's what you get for dealing with the state. You get broken promises. How many different times do you have to see it happen to understand that when it's your turn to make a deal with the state, that they might renege, that they might break their promise to you? And then what are you going to do about it? Huh? What are you going to do Nothing. if the state isn't if the state isn't able to, if the state isn't able to get enough money to uh, together to pay out? Are you going to strap on some grenades and go blow yourself up in the courthouse in protest? I mean, that's not going to get you your payment. You can't get blood out of a stone. And if they decide they want to stop paying you, then that's what they're going to do. What are you going to do? Take them to court in their own system? That's not going to work too well, now, is it? Well, you do have to remember that the baby boomers, when we're talking about Social Security specifically, they're a huge voting block. So they could theoretically vote in people who promise to pay them back, but sure. the fact is paying them back just simply involves inflation. Right, and uh, yeah, and, and the other thing about paying them for Social Security benefits is, you know, they, they paid in to Social Security, understood. But then it's my money, supposedly. I haven't paid into Social Security in years but um, and have no intention to start. And I don't see any reason why anyone has to pay. And it's, I no, don't pay. They don't throw. Have I you ever either. heard of anyone go to prison for, paying Social Security, for not paying Social Security? Nope, uh, I have not. I don't, you, know, I've, I, you and I have both, Ian, you and I have both seen uh, uh, a letter from the Social Security office to a gentleman who said they, yeah. he had no obligation to pay. That and was the real deal. That as, letter was real. As far as I'm concerned, if he had no obligation to pay, I have no obligation to pay, so I'm not paying. But... Um, you know, I, they the money would be used from people like me um, to pay these other people, uh, That's right. know, the, the baby boomers who are getting theirs. Why is it that because they paid in that I'm now obligated to pay in? I don't think it's, you're actually obligated. It's just fantasy. Well, and I think that the baby boom gem- generation bears responsibility for the fact that they paid this money in all these years. The government wasn't saving the money. It was spending it out. And obviously the state's hard to control. But if you're going to put the blame or the responsibility for this crisis on a given generation, it should be the people who were actually holding office and electing politicians for that those decades where their money was being taken from them, and they did nothing about it. 
And that's the hard truth of the matter is they simply continue to elect people and continue to pay in, and this is what they get. It's it, it's not a they good deal. They get screwed. They get screwed, but they get screwed because they didn't do anything about it or not pay when they could have. And I don't think the burden falls on the generation that's currently starting up in the workforce who actually is aware that there's a problem with Social Security, and I think there's a lot more people try, uh, trying to avoid paying and who are aware that they can't plan on that money being there now. Sure. Because, you know, the example is, has been set by the last generation, which did a very poor job planning for its retirement. It, re- it really stinks for the people that, that imagine that they were going to have a certain amount of money uh, from Social Security when they retired. Or the veterans. I think or... those people are uh, somewhat foolish, to Im- especially um, Social Security, uh, foolish to imagine that the government's going to give them yeah. what it is uh, that they imagined. Well, and that's one of the biggest problems with, uh, with the government is that it takes away people's responsibility to take care of themselves. In the instance of Social Security, it's government t- Telling folks, well, you don't really have to think that hard about retirement. Yeah, it would make your life more comfortable, but you don't have to think very hard about it because we're out here taking care of it for you. We're just slicing out 15% of your paycheck every single month. By the way, it's 75 that you see if you look at your pay stub. You'll see 7.5%. You don't see the other 7.5% because your boss pays that before it even hits your paycheck. But he's pay- essentially paying you because he's, that's how much he's paying to have you around. That's correct. And so you That's could what be- he's budgeted for you. Right. So you could be, pay- be paid that. So they take out... 15% of your earnings, and then, uh, you know, you're lucky if you if you see any of it down the line. And people you would think would know that, you think they hear all these things about Social Security, but apparently many of them don't. Apparently they're either oblivious to it for whatever reason, or they trust that the government will get it right with their case. Good luck, man, getting your money back out of those people. I mean, if it's even still around by the time you uh, you get to that point. And many people understand that it won't be, but too many people believe in it. Too many people will take the government at face value and say, yeah, yeah, you're going to take care of me when I get old, right? Oh, sure, sure, we'll send you a check every single month, and you won't have to think about this retirement, all these confusing investment uh, plans and saving, and don't even bother taking a percentage of your paycheck and saving it. We've got you covered. We're the government. It's our job. Well, right, hasn't and, worked out so well. You know, if an insurance company uh, fails to, uh, you know, meet its obligations with you that you've, uh, you know, what, what, whatever way you've contracted with them to meet an obligation, well, you can at the very least sue them. I'm not saying it's easy to sue them. I'm not saying that our court systems are uh, are good or even just, but you have a lot better chance of uh, getting you know, some kind of. Uh, resolve with an insurance company than you do with the government. If the government doesn't give you what you expected to get, well, tough fucking cook. Whoa, boy, you can't do that. Shame on you. Wish I had that dumb machine installed. Okay, uh, 800-259-9231. Should we ban him from the rest of the show at this point? We'll have Sam sit in and uh, finish finish up the next two hours because normally we'd Sorry. hang up on a normally we'd hang up on a caller who is uh, I'm gonna say fudge who's not a professional. A radio professional, but you're a professional, so you should know better. Tisk, tough tough fudge cookies? There you go. Fudging. How about fracking? Have you ever seen the, the Battlestar Galactica, Nick or Mark? Oh, yeah. I they, love that. They, they used found to do, their way around the On, the, ra- on the radio, they used to say, uh, they, they'd use the term Vulcan. Frack off. They say frack you and things like that. And it's essentially, it's the same word. It's just they've changed a few letters around. It's used in the exact same manner. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
all terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. The toll-free SACL CAI line for you is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we uh, launch here in hour number two of the program, you notice that uh, Mark is no longer on the air with us. Uh, we have uh, gone ahead and suspended him. For, and this was voluntary on on his part. Uh, he decided to go ahead and suspend himself, uh, per my earlier suggestion, because in the last segment of the last hour, he had a little slip of the tongue on the air, and as a professional broadcaster, the standard is set higher uh, for per, for a professional broadcaster. And yes, when, and he is now sitting in timeout in the corner. He is uh, in the corner here of the studio, so still here, still able to listen to the show, but will not be participating on the air with us for the rest of the program tonight. And uh, so we don't have a we don't tolerate uh, profanity of that sort on this program because we're very concerned about our uh, our affiliates, our radio affiliates. If this were an Internet only show, it wouldn't have been a big deal and we wouldn't have even mentioned it would have blown right through it and whatever. But we want to make sure that our radio affiliates know we're serious uh, about protecting their license um, so we can continue to put this show out there to the general public and have them come across the message of freedom and liberty. And so thanks to uh, to Mark for for, uh, for basically coming up with the idea and, and voluntarily suspending himself from the air tonight. With that, we go to your calls. Jason Osborne is on the line from SACL CAI, currently in New Hampshire, at the SACL CAI Fun Tent at Porkfest. Jason, are you there, sir? Good evening, gentlemen. Shame on Mark for his naughty words. I yes. guess that's what happens when you spend a week with Osborne out in Vegas. Oh, you influenced him, did you? <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. All right, Jason, I called you up during uh, the news break to have you comment on some rumors that I heard today uh, in regards to the SACL CAI fun tent. I mean, we've been talking about the fun tent for the past couple weeks on the program and really p- uh, pumping it up and promoting it. And you were, I guess... You were accosted uh, last night by some government bureaucrats making demands of the fun tent. Uh, what happened? Yeah, What's the there, story? There, there was a shakedown, indeed. Um, I, I was not here for the first visit, but a uh, fire department Nazi came by and uh, informed uh, uh, Mr. Goldman, who's the uh, heading up the, the fest, that uh, I cannot have the fun tent without an occupancy permit. Wow. Okay. And uh, that if we did not acquire such permit uh, by the end of the day, that they would order the fun tent to be removed. Mm. I was kind of hoping it would come down to that so that I could see, uh, you know, what kind of uprising uh, I could gather from 
my fellow brethren here. Yeah, because but, you're uh, surrounded we right now. You don't have to come to that. You're yeah. surrounded by activists who would certainly be willing to come to a jail and protest were you to be arrested for continuing the fun tent uh, without the approval of the uh, the state government people. So if anyone's going to get arrested this week, it'll be a huge mistake on the part of the government bureaucrats because there will be an incredible mobilization of activists, I, I would think. I, I would think so, too. Not only that, but almost every single person here is strapped with a firearm. Yeah. So. Hey now, Jason, you need the uh, you need the occupancy permit because the walls of the tent are all tied down, and there's only one entrance and exit to the tent. Correct? Uh, they, uh, it was in fact asked whether if we removed the sides, if we would still need such permit, and they declined to answer the question. So <laughs> by removing the sides, uh, it would be a completely open air tent. So uh, evidently, uh, Goldman uh, talked to the, the fire Nazi at some point during the day while I was out uh, gathering supplies and uh, received a phone call in which they stated that um, we should be okay as long as we mounted uh, two 20-pound ABC fire extinguishers. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, this is a question I asked earlier. Sam, who, uh, who's sitting in here, Sam from Texas, is uh, joining us tonight in place of Mark, who is, again, on voluntary suspension. Uh, I asked him if there was any sort of fire going on underneath the tent, and he told me there was not. You did not have a bonfire uh, going? and uh, what? No, no, nothing. No, no what, cooking, no fire. What's uh, the concern there? Is that if you... Uh, burning and inhaling. Is but the concern... I mean, really, what's the bureaucrat's concern there? Is it that, you know, if, if there are too many people in an enclosed space, that one is more likely to spontaneously combust? Is that what the... Oh, no. The it's, it's like anything else. It's just a shakedown. They want your money. Yeah, but the, but the, but I, I understand that Home Depot or whatever is going to benefit from you, you going to buy those fire extinguishers. How is the uh, the fire department going to to capitalize on this? Uh, that's a good question. Well, it gives them something to do during the day because, okay. I mean, obviously there's not that many fires to fight, right? Maybe they just wanted so you to, to obey. Huh? Reason to justify their paycheck. Maybe they just wanted to come out to a bunch of uh, free staters and get them to to obey their diktats. Perhaps that was it. Just sort of a, they just had personal victories. That's possible. Yeah. I, I believe the Schergenbergers were behind it. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly possible. So they've left you alone today, so far? Uh, today, so far, uh, they dropped off. A, uh, a piece of paper that granted us the permit, and on this paper is instructed that it must be posted near the entrance <laughs> for all to see. Oh, now, Jason, wow. do you know if any of the other laundry list of permits require any uh, monetary funding to, to get? Yes, I, I overheard that they were requiring a fee of $1,500 for the vendor permit. This is something I wanted to know more about, so I've actually contacted Rich Goldman, and we're going to have him on in the third hour of the show to find out exactly what's going on with that. Are they going to be charging each individual vendor, or are they going to charge the uh, you know the Free State Project to cover all of the vendors? That's one of my questions. Yeah, I believe there is one fee, and I, and I, I know Rich was talking to this guy, uh, filleting him for about an hour, and I believe talked him down to uh, only a $200 fee. Wow. All right. Thank you for the uh, the update there, Jason. Anything else you wanted to share? Uh, what's going on in the fun tent tonight? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, just uh, drinking and talking and having a good time. So uh, come on up, anybody who's not here.
Hey, I got a question for you. I was going to ask you this off the air, but might as well do it when you're on the spot. Uh, have you approached sure. the Free Minds TV guys? Nick is here in the studio uh, so far tonight. We, I mean, do you still need any bartenders over oh, there? Oh, yeah, 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 I forgot to ask those guys. But, yes, they, they are certainly more than welcome and would be appreciated right. uh, to uh, volunteer behind the bar. Well, we're going to be up there Friday and Saturday night, so we'll see how it goes. Very cool. I didn't want them to feel left we, out. We had, uh, we had Dennis Goddard and uh, uh, Free Talk Live Wayne here today. Because I think uh, that... Bartending, and that was a great time. Free Minds TV is certainly more recognizable. They're more... I would say they're bigger celebrities than, than even Free Talk Live, simply because people oh, okay. see them and, and they know. So they'll be able to identify them. Anyway, Jason, we'll see you later this week. And uh, enjoy All yourself right, at the CAI Fun Tent. 800-259-9231. Uh, we again will talk to the organizer of Porkfest here coming up in Hour 3 and find out if the Free State Project is going to bow down to the demands of the state. Sounds like they're going to, which I, I think is sad. And what I wanted to point out is that if... if uh, the Free State Project was to just say no, then things would get kind of, I mean, if they wanted to, it'd have to get nasty, where the government people would have to come in and physically dismantle all of the tents and the uh, the vendor area. They'd have to break it all down, and they'd have a whole bunch of angry activists and, and families. With cameras. With cameras, and, I mean, this would not be a very good PR stunt for them. Is it worth the $200 to get into all that? Well, to be honest, from from Rich's point of view, and we'll wait to see what he has to say when he gets on the air, but the big thing about Porkfest is it's a big recruiting push for the Free State Project, yeah. and I don't know if they feel it would be worth it from an activist standpoint to have, it be to, shut down. To have the government come in there and start busting up vendor tables, right. and it doesn't send across the greatest message and, and uh, to prospective movers. I think it's more, uh, more than just being about the $200 to the bureaucrats. You're really... Uh, putting the question of do they have the authority to come in and shut this down, and they're going to think absolutely we do. So it's it's really important that they see you kind of bow down to their demands. Of course, that's and that's, that's why they did what they did to Jason Osborne, where right. they where they waived the occupancy permit, but they still wanted him to jump through some hoops to show that they're in charge. Right. And that's why I say that more people need to not jump through those hoops, because if enough people decided to not jump through the hoops then they'd stop putting them up for us, I, I would think. We'll see what goes on here as we continue the program and talk to Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. Justin, Hello? you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes, I have a friend. That he, he's an older friend. He, uh, he's a veteran. And he went down to the veterans' hospital, right? And he was expecting to help with his teeth, right? Okay, all right, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back, Justin. VA hospital stories are very rarely good. We'll find out what the story is here in moments and talk to you about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sacral CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download. They are free at freetalklive.com. And you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections. SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL CAI's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. All right, we continue here with your calls about what you want. Going back to Justin 
on the line in Maryland. You wanted to, Hello? Justin, you wanted to tell us a story yes, about a friend uh, of yours going to the VA hospital. Go ahead. He was going to the VA hospital to help with his teeth. He, he's an older gentleman. Okay. You no, know? he's in his like forties. You know, and and basically what happened was they they gave him this really thick needle, which was I believe to be an RFID needle. They basically stuck him in the palm of his hand okay. with a with a big needle. Now he went home. And his, his brother used a magnet, right? And he said there was something magnetic in your hand, so they dug it out with a knife. And oh. they found an RFID chip about the size of a grain of sand. And what really? they did is they popped it in the microwave, and it and popped. Wow, that's quite a story. I mean, I, I have no reason to disbelieve what it is you're saying. I mean, certainly it would make sense. We know that uh, that there are people who are in search of power out there that are looking to uh, to experiment with these chipping programs. And who better to experiment on than your, uh, the guinea pigs at the VA? Oh, yeah. Now, in their enlistment agreement, they're pretty much signing away their rights to where the... He says he's never going back to a hospital in his life after that. But why do you think they waited until he got to the hospital to implant this I RFID advice? I mean, I, I don't know that part. He just told me this story, and I saw the, where he dug out his hands, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, and he, he, the only way I would know was RFID chip... If he said it, if he pop, he put it in the microwave and it popped, he wouldn't, wouldn't have known it, that. Wouldn't it make more sense to look at it under a microscope to to verify well, that it's an RFID not a chip? <laughs> but I did tell him. Well, I did tell him. I mean, if you're unsure if it's a uh, man-made device or something natural, uh, a microscope should pretty much well or an R- that RFID. Out. There are RFID readers, so they can read the 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 chips. Um, so for anybody who thinks they've been shipped in the future. You can check I, yourself. I, I'd recommend using the readers because that way you can you can prove for sure that the chip is there without sorry. destroying it. He said you can get a a reader, which is probably a little more difficult than a microscope. So I would just say throw it under the microscope next time, and then you'll know for sure. But otherwise, interesting story, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. I don't know if it's true, but if it is true, it's just another reason to not join the military. Absolutely. I believe I've heard that readers are available for in the several hundred dollar range for the lower end ones. Okay. So you can go to Radio Shack and get a microscope for like 12 bucks. Uh, right, but you do want to prove that it's an RFID chip. I don't. I'd, well, if it's a yeah. chip of some point, uh, of some sort, you'll be able to identify that, and it will look like a oh, right, chip. Right, but the the advantage to the reader is that you can tell what what's kind on of, it, what kind of information is That's being transported. You know, is this just something that tracks? You know, it's a number to tell people where that I am. That would be the next or? step to take. You yeah. would identify it and then. But then I read wouldn't it. destroy the evidence in the microwave if Good there point. actually was evidence in this case. I don't know, but. RFID chips are uh, only a number that it's going to reflect back to the reader, and just because it pops in the microwave, that really says nothing about what it is. It's a good point. We continue with your calls. Michael's on the line in New Hampshire, calling from Pork Fest. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. I, I tell you what, uh, one of the things that I've been discussing with a couple people from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance here at Pork Fest is, uh, is RFID. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't want to give away too many details on that on the on what we're planning right now, but uh, I will say this: next month I am going to a hacker conference in New York City where RFID and uh, techniques to uh, subvert it will be demonstrated. Excellent. So uh, I will be coming back with lots of good information on that and feeding that back to uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance here and. 
That's uh, one of the things I think that you're doing a really great job about, Michael, is that you're using technology to help advance the pro-liberty movement, to help defend us against those in government who wish to aggress against us using technology. So technology is a double-edged sword, and we can use it to our benefit, and you're one of those, I think, leading-edge thinkers that's that's really helping make that happen sooner rather than later for us, and you should be congratulated for it. I do what I can, but... uh, I was actually calling to uh, give you an update on Porkfest. Okay, great. Go ahead. And I, I, I hear Sam's there, so uh, he can probably fill you in a little, too. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's probably well over 100 people here already, and wow. it's only Tuesday. And Cycle uh, CAI Fun Tent here is hopping, and Jason's out here at the barbecue grill. and Nice. He's open carrying, which is nice to see. Now, I actually heard earlier today, again, we had a group of folks visiting Keene on one of the bus tours, and uh, mm-hmm. there were some young uh, young listeners of Free Talk Live, I guess college-age guys, uh, Neil Connor and uh, and friends. They were apparently harassed by the Manchester police for open carrying. Have you heard any other instances of that or, uh, that happening this weekend? Oh, yes. I uh, I can tell you about that incident. I don't know how many uh, details you've got on that. but uh, Go ahead. If you, were, um, if you know more than I, go ahead. You probably do. We had, a, uh, we had a meet and greet here in Manchester, or there in Manchester, on Sunday for people that were coming in from out of state. Mm-hmm. And they were there. They left probably about uh, 5.30-ish, uh, and they were heading up to Pork Central because that's where they were crashing. That's one of the, uh, I guess, rooming houses for free staters that are, that are just moving into the state or whatever. So we're heading up to Pork Central. It's probably a 20-minute walk. They stop in a convenience store on the way, and best we can put it together is that uh, the person in the convenience store called the police on them. Jeez. After they left. That's silly. Why would you do something like that? It's just a, it's just a busybody in that particular case. They didn't rob you. There's no reason to call the I know, cops. I know. I know, I know. So shortly after that, maybe a minute or two, very fast response time on the part of the police. I, I don't know how they managed it because... Uh, mm. Manchester police has been under fire lately for slow response times of hours. So I don't know. So what I hear is they were detained for about 20 minutes. Yeah. They uh, were disarmed briefly, and they, they ran the serial numbers of the guns and ran all their IDs and uh, eventually gave the guns back. and Just awful. And let them go. And I also but, understand yeah. that they actually asked them if they were Free State Project members. The cops asked them that. Hmm. I, I I heard something like that. Uh, one of the cops apparently mentioned Dave Ridley from the from the Ridley report here, who, uh, as you know, was involved in an incident last year that uh, got tens of thousands of hits on YouTube for his open carry incident. Right, and here it is happening all over again. You'd think that the uh, the Manchester police would have gotten some training the last time this occurred, but apparently they've been trained to be aware of Free State Project members, but not actually uh, stop harassing them for for open carry. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're aware of us. They're aware of us. I um I actually wrote a letter to the editor uh, today, sent it into the. Uh, Onion Leader and the Concord Monitor and Boston Globe, actually, about open carry and just saying that, look, these people are the good guys. They are, they're going out there to, to saying they're willing to risk their lives to protect you from criminals. Sure, and you know the irony was the cops were trying to take the position that this was bad, this was dangerous. They were apparently lecturing them about why they shouldn't be carrying those things. But, hey, you guys are carrying guns. Why can't we? Yeah, they're, 
There's lots of people carrying guns here. Thank this you, is Michael. what happens when you don't exercise your rights. Yep, exactly right. Uh, more on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the wiki, Get Interactive, with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. And edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website. So go to wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. That's this week. At Porkfest, you'll be able to expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations and meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Uh, we'll, in fact, be checking in with someone else who is currently attending Porkfest here in moments. But first, we go to your phone calls and uh, talk to Bill in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Bill. Bill yeah, I think you guys... Yeah, I'm here. Hey, I what's on you your mind? You put yourselves in time out, and I think you should let Mark run the show, because he's the only one with the pair of nuts. You guys are gay. All right. I don't like your show. So well, there get you lost. 800-259-9231. We go to Brian in New Hampshire on Porkfest. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. We're here at Porkfest. Hey. It's a great time. Nice and hot. Did you nice just arrive warm. today, or were you there as of yesterday? No, I, I was here yesterday. Uh we're, we're right now at the uh, SACL CAI Fun Tent. Actually, we're outside the Fun Tent because it's kind of loud in there. Yeah, I hear there's double the people that uh, that are there today that were there yesterday. It's like 100 people there. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. Everybody's here. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll get more through the week. How's the bar holding up? How's the bar holding up, Wayne? <laughs> Wayne was the celebrity bartender tonight. Ah, excellent. He pulled in 35 bucks in tips. No way! The bartender's getting tips? He's paying taxes on that, right? No, no, he, he donated it to the uh, the beer fund for tomorrow. That makes sense. That's a, he's a good man. Good choice. Yes, he is. So are you there so, with any uh, yeah, family this time out, Brian? Are uh, one of your sons tagging along this time, or is it just you? No, actually, they're both at a, uh, at a scout camp this week. They're hiking in New Mexico. Oh, that's not as much so, fun uh, as the fun tent. Yeah, I know. They, they had a, a real problem with that. This is one of these, you know, a two-year waiting list kind of thing. It's I the, see. Uh, it's the big time, and so they, they really wanted to come, but, uh, you know, they, they uh, one of them is a counselor, and he had to be there. You know how that goes. Sure, sure. So you'll bring him out oh, yeah, next I, year, then? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah, Cooper will be on the ground here next year, so he'll, he'll be out here. But uh, uh, Heidi's coming in uh, uh, in a couple of days. She's Very got cool. some horses to deal with. So and, any highlights so, yeah. so far, as far as uh, interesting conversations you've had? Anything uh, worth sharing with our listeners? Well, let me tell you, uh, there's about, oh, I don't know, a third of the people here doing open carry, and who knows how many people doing concealed. Wow. Uh, and I, that's really good. There's a lot of kids around, and, you know, I mean, the kids are just walking around. I, I, I think it's really important for them to see people carrying guns, I mean, because it's sure. just a natural way of life. And uh, th- that's really nice, but, but all the kids are good. 
You know, so it may I be the safest. There. It may be the safest place to be in New Hampshire right now with all that open carrying going on. This, but, this could be the safest place in the country. Brian, right what, what would you say to the people who don't think that, who see people open carrying weapons with children around? What, what would you say to somebody that has an objection to something like that? Get used to it. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a very compassionate approach, oh, but wow. okay. Very good, sir. Any other well, thoughts for tonight? That way. Yeah, it used to be that way. I mean, uh, you know, back in the uh, in the day before we had all these government controls on firearms, people would carry it around just like a like a pocket knife. You know, you just you, you had your gun. I mean, that's just a it's just a tool. Yeah, I, I felt a little uncomfortable the first time I attended Pork Fest and saw people open carrying, but over time I came to realize, you know, they are creating safety around me, and they they are trained in how to use them. Well, the safety already exists. It's just that if something were to go uh, awry, then you'd be a little bit more safe than otherwise. Sure. Brian, enjoy the fun tent, man, and we appreciate you calling in tonight, dude. Sounds like a good time. All the noise in the background. 800-259-9231. Uh, we've, uh, we have one show remaining in studio. That'll be done tomorrow night, and then we'll be heading out to Pork Fest to do three of our shows, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night live. We'll, uh, of course, hear from many of the uh, personalities that you normally hear from on the phone. They'll be here in person, probably sitting in with us talking about various different liberty-oriented things, and of course, we'll always take your calls as well. And in fact, we continue with your calls. Steven in Colorado, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Um, I wonder if Julia knows that you're gay, Ian. Well, you know, that's a good question. Uh, certainly, I, I'm certainly in touch with my sexuality. I, I'm not, you know, too repressed as far as uh, that's concerned. I've, I've yeah. considered going gay before. Hey, but Ian, when did you become the gay one? I thought it was Mark. Well, I mean, the last uh, the last caller had made the declaration that uh, the, the show gay. was gay. Did he say that, oh, that we were gay or the show was gay? I, I can't. I don't know. I think you said you were gay, but I'm not sure. But you I, better watch I was, out because he's obviously listening to the show. I could hear him listening in the background, and it's possible the gay might actually infect him. So he really should turn the program off, lest he want to risk that possibility. I, I always love, you know, uh, anonymous forums, uh, fora, I should say, such as your radio show and the internet, where people just feel free to inform you of certain facts about yourself. I always love that. <laughs> Very good, sir. Any other thoughts tonight? Well, yes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the... Uh, I've called before, and we've talked, and I mentioned that I'm a former Democrat, a liberal Democrat. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I've been in a discussion, an online discussion with some folks about the Civil Rights Act of 64, which admittedly I don't know too much about, but I think you pointed out before quite accurately that once you know the basic concepts of freedom, you don't really need to study the, the exact details of, of certain things. But uh, it always comes down to me being accused of being a racist. Uh, really? No, I'm not a racist. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's totally irrelevant that they should say that. that yeah, where does that come do from? Why, why do they accuse you of that? <clears throat> well, because if you're against the Civil Rights Act of 64, necessarily you're a racist. So, so mean, th doesn't that make sense to you? <laughs> well, what I, is uh, it you think they don't understand that would have them say that? Well, what I what I always say, and and I I believe this, that the sixty the, the Civil Rights Act went too far. I think it was, in my opinion, in the paradigm of uh, constitutional government that we live in, it's okay that the federal government went in there and said, "Hey, you states with racist laws, you need to strike those racist laws off the books." Now, I don't know how you guys feel about that, and you might be able to convince me that I'm wrong, but I, I think that that's. That's not a bad way to look at it. But where the Civil Rights Act went too far is when it said, okay, uh, barbershops, uh, lunch counters, etc., you have to allow black people 
to come into your. It, it was uh, forced integration. Or whatever. You're, exactly. You're, yeah. But yeah, Stephen, and, don't and, don't you see the right. government has to step in and make up for all of the time that they did people wrong to try and balance it out for everyone? Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're they're uh, they're 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 pretending that they're. They're more colorblind than thou, I think. Well, you know, perhaps you could take t- take the position that it's not specifically, you know, that one piece of legislation that you disagree with. It's just the federal government uh, that right. is disagreeable in that if you were to advocate for secession or to advocate for the abolition of the federal government as we know it today, would that inherently be in any way racist? I mean, it would, would result in the Civil Rights Act being destroyed, but it would also result in every other uh, government every bureaucracy other. at the federal level no longer existing. Yeah. So would that be racist? Racist? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, and I just I don't know, I can't I quite can't quite wrap my head around it because it seems to me my position is quite clear. It's an intrusion into business. And then they turn around these guys, you know, these internet folks, uh again with the anonymity yeah, because they wouldn't just sure. say it to my face. Um, you know, they, they turn around and say, Oh yeah, well you just want segregated lunch counters is all you want. No, well, no of course I don't want that. No. I, I would not yeah. I would not go to a restaurant that has a segregated lunch. Counter. Exactly, and you should ask them that. Would you visit a, a restaurant and bring them your business if you knew that it was run by a racist and he was excluding right. people? I mean, and, no. And who, who gets harmed when you're if, if you know I own a boat repair business? Now, what if I said I refused? I'm I'm such a, a racist that I refuse to work on anybody other than a white person's boat. Mm-hmm. Um, who is harmed by that? They're going to get their boat fixed. Uh, by somebody, somebody's going to be willing to go in there, and I'm the only one harmed because I'm the guy who says, you know, I, I don't want that money, I want this money. Right, you're cutting out your mark, your potential market size, you're just slashing right. it down because you're intolerant, and you'll pay the right. price in the marketplace for that, but these people, that's not good enough for them. It's really about choice, because... I mean, you're, you need the choice to be able to make that decision as to how you run your business because something you do may be considered racist by somebody else even though it's not. Yeah, it's a great point. And once you, uh, you allow the government to start making choices for you, then there's no end to the amount uh, and the variety of different types of choices they'll, dis- they'll deign to make in your name. Thanks for the call. Great call, Stephen. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program for as little as 3 bucks a month. That money is reinvested into the show. And that's why we call the program AMP. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So the idea is we take in your 3 bucks a month, combine it with other people's 3 bucks a month. So that totals up to, at this point, a, a few thousand bucks a month. As a matter of fact, it comes in. We buy radio uh, advertising and radio industry publications. We also purchase online ads. So we're bringing new stations on board with the program. We're also bringing new listeners on board and thereby increasing the uh, the spread of the message of liberty and freedom. And so if you like that idea and you want to get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, that said, we are uh, fresh out of call, so we're going to go into a little bit of show prep here. And since we've got Sam from Texas, who's soon to be Sam from New Hampshire, 
What's your ETA, by the way, Sam? You're still trying to sell a house down there, right? I'm selling a house. Um, I'm, I've got a few more repairs to do to get it on the market. I think it's going to sell pretty quickly because I have done a lot of custom things to it. And the minute that sells, I'm on my way. So end of the year at the latest, you think? Yeah, end of the year is my – actually, I'm committed to, I think, January. Uh, but I, I, I want to make it before winter. That's always convenient. Absolutely. So uh, since you're here, and you had actually called about this issue before, but I figured uh, it's worth talking about again because I actually have the exact wording from the TSA. The story is from CNET at News.com and Chris Sokoyan reporting. In a major change of policy, the Transportation Security Administration has announced that passengers refusing to show ID will no longer be able to fly. The policy change, announced on Thursday afternoon, will go into force on June 21st and will only affect passengers who refuse to produce identification. Passengers who claim to have lost or forgotten their proof of identity will still be able to fly. So you can no longer say what you've been saying, Sam, and that is you usually go when you go and fly, you have ID on you. And when they ask you for ID, you say something like, I don't want to show or what is it? Typically, I say I don't have any ID to show. And then I immediately follow that up with a suggestive comment that says, now, I think I have to fly as a selectee, right? And that puts the idea into their head and gets them thinking in that mindset and moving towards designating me a selectee. I see, as opposed to doing something else to you. It's just leaving it as saying I don't have any ID to show and see where they go with it. By making that second statement, it suggests where they should start thinking. Well, as you know, and according to News.com, as long as the TSA has existed, passengers have been able to fly without showing ID to the government agents. Doing so would result in a secondary search, but passengers were still permitted to board their flights. In some cases, taking advantage of this right to refuse ID came with fringe benefits, like being bumped to the front of the checkpoint queue. Had that happen? For a few years after 2001, September 11th, TSA's policies were somewhat fuzzy. The agency, like many other parts of the Bush administration, has hidden behind the shroud of classification. In the TSA's case, labeling everything as sensitive security administration. Seeking to clarify the rules, activist John Gilmore took the U.S. government to court in 2004. Gilmore chose to take a particularly hard line by refusing to show ID to the TSA and also by refusing to undergo the more thorough secondary screening search. He eventually lost his case before the Ninth Circuit Court of uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals. While the judges were not willing to let Gilmore avoid the secondary screening search, they did at least recognize the right to travel without showing ID, providing that passengers are willing to be subject to a pat-down and a bit of probing. Yeah, now he has a website called papersplease.org, and yes. that's where I went good site. years ago, and that's what put me on the path and gave me the idea and the foundation for how to fly without ID, and I started putting it into practice thanks to what he, kind of the path that he blazed. He paved the way, mm-hmm. yeah. And now uh, they are saying, so even though that court, even though the Ninth Circuit said there's a right to travel without showing ID, in the face of that, the TSA is now saying, well, you don't have a right to travel without showing ID. Tell me that again, because I, I'm not sure I caught it. But you, what, what do you want, the actual TSA quote well, here? Yeah, what is he saying? Here it, here's what the TSA has to say. This is their announcement. Beginning Saturday, June 21st, passengers that willfully refuse to provide identification at security checkpoints will be denied access to the secure area of airports. This change will apply exclusively to individuals that simply refuse to provide any identification or assist transportation security officers in ascertaining their identity. 
Additionally, okay. this new procedure will not affect passengers that may have misplaced, lost, or otherwise do not have ID, but are cooperative with officers. No. Cooperative passengers without ID may be subjected to additional screening protocols, including enhanced physical screening, that sounds kind of scary, enhanced carry-on and or checked baggage screening, interviews with behavior detection or law enforcement officers, and the very general-sounding other measures. Uh, okay. So one of the other things I say is that I'm not sure where my ID is. Now, last time I checked, it, <laughs> it was, was in, your in back my pocket. wallet. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's been at least five minutes <laughs> yeah. since I pulled it out and looked, so it may not be there. I don't yeah, know for sure. Slipped your mind. That can happen. So, But I think what he's really saying is if you're the, the next thing they're going to come do is, is say, uh, what's your name and address? Where do you live? Where can we come find you in the middle of the night if right. we want to? And if you refuse to say that, which the, the Supreme Court, and Nick, you might know the details of this, the Supreme Court has said it's city of residence and your name. And they may find you in their computers. They may not. But what he's saying is that's not going to be good enough is right. what I'm hearing out of that. And no, it's not. He, they're, they're not going to allow me to fly. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next time I uh, board a plane. What did you do when you flew to D.C.? You did obey because you wanted to make it here for Porkfest, right? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I walked up to the counter, uh, did my usual, I, I, I don't have any ID to show. Can you designate me a selectee? She said, oh, yes, you'll have to be, and started punching it in right mm -hmm. away. I had a, uh, a, cam a buddy doing a, running my camera, filming the uh, event as I went through security, and I was mic'd up. The uh, the guy asked me, you know, for my ID. I said, I don't have any. He's like, why don't you have it? And I said, because uh, I don't believe in uh, asking the government's permission to travel in my own country. Mm. And he said, you're my kind of man. And wow. <laughs> wrote it up and sent me through. And I said that because I kind of sensed that about him. I don't always yeah. take that approach. But with time and with practice, I've learned to... To kind of pick out the friendly ones and the authoritarians. So then, so then, basically, you didn't encounter it because it hasn't started yet. We had we had heard from some people that they'd started this, but now they're saying it's going to be June 21st when the crackdown actually occurs. Right. It was TSA George, and I believe he's in D.C. Correct. Uh, yes. So yes. he said they have already started it, and that's actually where I'm flying out of after Porkfest. Okay. So I'll, I'll know then. All right, so so you're going to approach the next time you do it, you're going to approach it with the the uh, the excuse of I've forgotten where I've placed my ID. Well, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll say I don't know where my ID is. I'm not sure where right. my ID is. Um, and then when they ask for my name and address and all that information, that's when I'll start with the uh, constitutional arguments. I'm going to look at the. Um, um, Man, I hope they don't throw you in a gulag, Sam. We'll my suggestion would be if you're going to say you don't know where your ID is. For safety's sake, before you get to the airport, put it in your luggage in another pair of pants. Because they're so going to pat can, you down and find well, it. Well, no, right? so you could legitimately claim, oh, that's where it is. If they search your luggage and find it, you could say, oh. Or maybe you know, I'll, I'll give it to a friend and have them put it somewhere with my stuff, and then I really won't know where it is, and I'll be telling the truth. Very good. Well, I'm sure you'll let us know I if will. you make it through in one piece as that continues uh, to develop. And, of course, this is just, you know, yet another step down the road to a total police state. It continues to, to, uh, to constrict. It continues to tighten. It continues to inf infringe upon freedom. And most people aren't like you, Sam. They're... You know, they're busy, they're in a, in a hurry, they've got to get from one point to another, and and even if they would entertain the idea of not obeying the state, they don't. They just don't feel like they have time, or they don't want to put it on the line and risk it. I mean, there are probably only a handful of people that are doing what you're doing out there, and you should be congratulated for it, but it's 
it's certainly not going to change the system anytime soon until more people do it. It's certainly not, but I, th- I feel like every time I do it, there's always somebody that I get through to that... Someone watching. Yeah, there's yeah. always people around me. I'm always speaking pretty loudly. Uh, this last time through the airport, I handed them one of my TSA brochures that asked for um, the abolition of the TSA. And when I came back 30 minutes later, there were three other TSA agents standing around hmm. reading it. I went up and talked to them, and they were just flipping mad at me really yeah how dare you <laughs> they you know they just couldn't couldn't comprehend an airport without government-run security but right. that's the way things used to be well yeah they it's, it's things have changed Ian. <laughs> right things sure changed. sure it's Come all on. different now after if, 9-11 if we let the airlines set their own security policy uh then customers would want lax security policies and people would be bringing bombs on planes and blowing them up all it'd the be time. chaos Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. Does it make it any safer to have these new mandates where you have to show the government people ID or you know you get essentially molested behind the scenes in some secret room somewhere? No. It's not going to stop anybody who's dedicated and who really wants to, to hurt people. But it's not going to stop them from going there. That's true. is the number. The third hour is coming up here in moments. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. You might be wondering where Mark is. He was supposed to be back this week, and he was until the very end of hour number one, where he let a naughty word go out over the airwaves and... He accepted a voluntary suspension from the rest of the, the night's program. So Sam is uh, graciously sitting in his place tonight. The number here, 800-259-9231. Uh, we've been talking about all kinds of different things. Just finished up a conversation about the TSA. Going to be cracking down ever further on freedom. Uh, the right to travel without showing ID is essentially no longer a right, according to the TSA. Uh, if you claim that you've lost your ID, they are going to subject you to all kinds of trouble, uh, including possibly uh, anals, anally searched. Uh, that you know That may, it may come to that. Uh, because essentially they leave it wide open as far as what it is that they can do to you. They say that if you are a cooperative passenger, so who knows what they'll do to the uncooperative ones, (laughs) but if you are a cooperative passenger without ID, you may be subjected to additional screening protocols, including enhanced physical screening, enhanced carry-on and or checked baggage screening, interviews with behavior detection or law enforcement officers, and other measures. Well, all I'm doing is is standing up for my rights, so I'm sure they're going to consider my behavior cooperative, don't you think? <laughs> we'll see about that, and I'm sure you're tell, you'll tell us all about it as it happens. Uh, but we're going to go to your calls, because that's what the show is about. We start with Ron in Nelsonville, Ohio, listening to WAIS. Hello, Ron. Hello, Ron. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I heard you talking earlier about open carry Yes, sir. There's some event going on in New Hampshire, 
and I, I wanted somebody to explain to me what open carry is, how can you do it in New Hampshire. We have a, a concealed carry law here in Ohio, but I refuse to pay a fee to the government in, in order to be able to carry a weapon. I'm with you, man. As far as that's concerned, if it's a right to carry firearms, you shouldn't have to beg the government for permission to do so. But, Nick, as the resident New Hampshire native... Uh, what's open carry all about, and how do you do it here in New Hampshire? Uh, well, open carry is carrying any firearm. It could be a handgun or a rifle shotgun, um, as long as it's open. So it would be like uh, you could carry, say, a Glock in a holster that's plainly visible on the outside of your clothing. So you, much like a police officer would wear one. That requires no paperwork whatsoever. I mean, you can't get a permit to carry openly because anyone can do it. Um, what about and, kids? Can kids open carry? Um... Yes, I would say so. Very cool. Um, because, I mean, you can hunt at 16 uh, without super... I mean, at some age level, they might, you know, if there was a five-year-old walking <laughs> around with a gun unsupervised, I'm sure somebody might intervene, but there's no given age limit. I mean, now, Nick, I'm not a resident of the state of New Hampshire yet. Would I be able to come up here and open carry? Yeah, it's not. There's no residency requirement. Um, Good question. There is, unfortunately, New Hampshire... Um, narrowly voted down doing away with a, a license for concealed carry, but New Hampshire is a shall issue state. So for ten dollars, assuming you're not a felon, or there's a couple other things that can throw it off, but basically as long as you're not a felon, um, you can. As long as you can buy a handgun you, for ten dollars, you can get a permit to carry concealed, and it shall issue. So they can't turn you down in most cases. Ron, did that did that clear up your uh, your issue? Your answer your question? So that. It all depends on the state or jurisdiction in which you're in. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't know If I would know do that here in Ohio, I would probably be arrested. Yes. Uh, right. I mean, I don't know if maybe Ohio even Some places requires... open carry is legal. Some places, places beside New Hampshire. Right. I mean, I know I know Vermont it is. Alaska, Ver- I think. Yeah. Well, Vermont and Alaska, concealed carry is legal without a permit, too. So there are many states where open carry is legal. I believe Arizona still is. Um, but my guess is that Ohio, from what I've heard about Ohio... Probably not, and it may even be that you require some kind of a uh, registration on a handgun in Ohio, because I know in New Hampshire you do not have to register firearms either. Oh, that's good. You don't register, but you've got to have a federal uh, instant check before you can buy one. Well, that's if you're buying brand new. Uh, if you're right. purchasing used from somebody, then there's no checks. At this point, no, they haven't they haven't been able to pass that yet, but they're trying. Well, there'd be no way to regulate it. I mean, if if, uh, if you have a firearm and you want to sell it to me, as long as you and I are not federal agents, then no one would ever know that the uh, the firearm has changed hands. So even if they pass a law about that, that's not going to stop the, uh, well, the, the private trade. They're doing that the so-called gun show loophole. That's, that's the way it's going to work. Yeah, I understand that they want to close it up, and I'm sure a lot of people will bow down and obey, but I can tell you that I'm not the kind of person who's going to buy a firearm through legitimate channels, so it'll never affect me because I'll just break whatever laws are necessary well, to get them in my it, hands. Yeah, it should be noted that currently private sale is a legitimate channel. So right. you don't need – I mean, currently you don't need paperwork if you're buying a gun from someone who you, who you know. I mean, it might vary state by state, but at least in New Hampshire, if it's somebody who's personally known to you – um, you can you know you can sell to them without doing any kind of paperwork or background check or anything like that. And, and you know even in a state new, like New Hampshire where the laws are pretty lax, there's still some complicated little gotchas. Like I never would have thought that uh, open carrying is fine for me 
while I'm not traveling in a car, but when I am, if the gun is oh, loaded, yeah. <laughs> that's a felony, and they're going to take me Wait, to jail. Wait, is it a felony? I thought it was a violation. If you a get viola- caught, if you uh, get caught uh, essentially violating the concealed carry I law, isn't that a violation? I believe it is just a fine in New Hampshire. I'm not yeah. sure on that. It might be it's no big deal. It might be a small, you know, a okay. misdemeanor offense, but it's it's a small offense in New Hampshire. In Massachusetts. It is a felony, a one-year m- mandatory sentence yeah. for even well, possessing they, they a gun. They hate guns paperwork. down there. So. Hey, Ron, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing you from you, sir. Let's go to, I believe, uh, we've got an unscreened call here. I'm hoping it is uh, Rich Goldman from Porkfest, but we're going to take the amp line unscreened. Who's this? Hello, you're on the air. Going once, going twice. Let's try this one. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey, this is Rich Coleman from Porkfest. Rich, I uh, appreciate the call back. You're the organizer of New Hampshire, of the uh, Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. Of course, we've been talking yep. about it for the last several months on the program. It's going on yeah, this forward, week. Yeah, look forward to seeing you all here on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, It'll me too. I, I wish it were Thursday already because, I mean, we're hearing <laughs> stories. We've had people calling in all night from the Sickle CAI fun tent, checking in and, yep. and letting us know about all the fun they're having without us being around. And so it's making <laughs> me jealous. I want to be there. But I want to talk to you about something that went down yesterday that I've only heard yeah. through the grapevine about. And as I understand it, the is it the Department of Revenue or something? They they came yeah. after you, and they're demanding cash for uh, for the vendor tables. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, the rumor mill started getting started on this. Um, it's a it's a fairly long story, but the short of it is that you know we're getting large enough now, and with the single CI tent, when you get large enough, you start attracting the attention of authorities, and so. Or people calling themselves authorities, at, at least. We know, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's a, so the town of Guilford has certain uh, rules and regulations, and they have people that are there to enforce them. And so, for instance, with the Sakel tent, um, he happened to be driving by, and he saw, you know, this large structure, and he happened to be with the fire department. Right, right. We sure. actually, uh, just, to, just to forward you through, we actually talked to Jason yeah. earlier, so he gave us yeah. the scoop on his tent. But what happened with the vendors? You guys have a vendor okay. area. Right, so what happened was, and I, uh, um, basically, there was a lack of communication, is that, um, through various levels, is that um, for those vendors that were going to be selling items, you mm-hmm. know, basically be vendors, merchants, selling for profit, yeah. Um, they had to end up. They were supposed to be getting a uh, a vendor license, a vendor permit, um, from the town and the state. Each now, individual no, vendor would have to get a permit. Right. Okay. And so, and this is standard operating procedure in you know New Hampshire and in most towns is that if you're at a festival like this, um, those are the rules. But if you're a nonprofit or if you're just sending out information, you know they don't. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so they found out you know what was going on. And so there's a lack of communication. They didn't. Know, they really didn't know what the Free State Project Pork Fest was. Hmm. They just saw this thing going out there, which they didn't know about. Yeah. And so, and we, you know, this came to us as a surprise as well. But I. So long story short, I ended up meeting with the um, with the permit people today at the Guilford Town Hall. And I got to say, this is some of those experiences, like only in New Hampshire. These are the most like friendly, productive. You know, how can we help you out? Um, Well, the bureaucrats here in New Hampshire, if you don't mind, can you hang through? I want to find out the rest of the story. Can you hang on? Uh, okay. All right, hang on, Rich. We're going to come back with more uh, with Rich Goldman from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Went and, and I guess negotiated with the bureaucrats today, and we'll find out what the situation is. Uh, will there be a crackdown? Will the Free State Project obey? Will they jump through the hoops? Will they pay the fines? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. We are talking about Porkfest, and you're going to hear a lot more about Porkfest, what's going on at Porkfest, and the activities, and the people, and the uh, the stuff that's happening, because it's a, it's a great event. It is put on by the Free State Project every single year during the summertime up here in New Hampshire, where activists, or potential activists, are invited to come up and experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other people who share the same basic set of beliefs that uh, they all basically agree that the government you know should not be uh, aggressing against people that uh, that that we should uh, eliminate aggression from our uh, from our lives and the government is inevitably uh, aggressive so they're caught up in all that uh, i think the free state project specifically states that if you're joining the free state project to agree the maximum role of government should be to protect life liberty and property but many uh, free staters like myself believe there should be no role whatsoever for people calling themselves government and that self-government is about as far as any government should go that said let's bring rich goldman back on the line he's on with us uh, live from pork fest and you're the organizer of the porcupine freedom festival yesterday the government parasites uh, apparently were driving by and they noticed that uh, there was some fun being had and wherever there's fun uh, in this case the in, in this case the big tent gave it away uh, they showed up and they attempted to rain on the parade by demanding cash they backed down apparently from Jason Osborne from Sakel CAI and only required him to put up some fire extinguishers so he got off kind of easy but then they came to you as the organizer of the event and they said that uh, all this vending going on there these vendor tables over there where people are potentially making a profit selling items they said you need a permit for this and you apparently went to go attempt to negotiate with the gang members today uh how did that go for you you said they were very nice when they were threatening you yeah i mean i really to be honest i think people are making a bigger deal out of this than it really is well um, let's let me, let me see if i can I mean, be clear so though I mean, rich I mean, I'll tell you, as someone, I mean, who was directly there, I mean, I'll tell you the story of, from my side. Okay. So, basically, it wasn't a gang of people. Basically, the one, he was checking out, there was a side fe- event going on called Flip Fest, which is part of Bike Week, and he was going down there checking, you know, the fire safety of that. And he was driving, and he saw, basically, a large tent, and he wanted, you know, go went to go check it out. No one was around, and he, it was all a surprise to him, mm-hmm. you know, about what was happening. So, he went to Gunstock, and, you know, they tried to find me, and then I eventually get back there. Anyway, so at the end of the day, basically, we put in the two fire extinguishers. He says, okay, it's a 30 by 30 tent, got a capacity of 60 people, and we got our, you know, official license, et cetera. And then he was also asking about our schedule because he, he's part of the town. And he said, oh, you know, we're having, um, we're doing entertainment, we're having these exhibitors. And he was asking, you know, if we had gotten our permits, to which I told him, you know, we hadn't. And so he was like, huh. So he called the town of Guilford. Um, and honestly, it's like things could have been a lot worse because, I mean, we don't like them. And at many points, they're like, we don't like these laws either. But the rules of the town of Guilford are what they are. I hope more free staters come here and can change it. And that's what I told them. But at the end of the day, if we're going to be having an event within the town, and these are the rules that they had. So he basically called uh, the town of Guilford, explained, you know, the lack of communication. Like, we didn't realize we had to get the permits. And, you know, things were very short on time. And so they really... Um, Helped us out a lot. I mean, oh, they helped you the out. Best, the best help is that we didn't have to get any permits. 
But at the end of the day, I met with them this morning. They're all very friendly, worked with us to come sure. to a very reasonable conclusion. Um, this situation, we got our permits uh, today. What it cost and you? Everything's going to be moving forward uh, just fine. So. What, what did it cost for the permits? Uh, it's fifty dollars for the local and fifty dollars for the state, which is pretty low. And the turnaround was a day. I told them, like back in Maryland, you know, this they would have just said, "I'm sorry, your event is closed. You, nothing we can do. You're done." Now, Rich, at um, any point, they were very cooperative and they worked with us. So. Now, Rich, at any I, point, I, mean, I, I don't want to have any. Uh, I don't want these people to be disparaged because these were very uh, good, helpful people. Well, but of course they're helpful. Like they're helping themselves to your money. I mean, it's it's easy to be nice when you're getting paid for doing nothing that adds any value to anyone's life. So it's easy to be yeah. nice about it. I can understand why they yeah. would approach it in that way. Uh, being mean certainly would not necessarily increase their chances of you feeling good about the uh, the entire occasion of being robbed at gunpoint. Now, did they suggest yeah, that, that it be. might be necessary to suspend operations at Porkfest until the permits could be um, granted? Again, I didn't hear you. Uh, did the did the fire marshal suggest at any point that he might have to suspend Porkfest until the proper permits uh, what, could what be acquired? What he's saying is when he first came down there, he wasn't getting anyone's. Uh, he wasn't able to talk with anyone that could give him an answer about what this town was about and who was in charge of it. And you know, he was basically saying like, if, if someone doesn't get back to you, I'm going to have to come down and you know, basically close down the tent. So you better respect my authority and answer my and questions. So, but, once, but, but once he eventually found someone that could answer his questions. He was very friendly about it. I explained what the Free State Project was. I explained what the festival uh-huh. was about. I said, oh, that's really cool. We talked a bit about politics. And we talked now, about things that he would like to change in the system. Right. And I doubt and, you I mean, approached it. being a pretty good conversation. So. Here's a question that may seem a little out there, but I, and I doubt yeah. you approached it from this perspective. But you were saying that, you know, as long as we're within the town of Guilford, did you ever ask him, well, factually, what is the town of Guilford? I did not. Because, I mean, isn't the town of Guilford, I mean, how would, how would those bureaucrats answer that particular question? I mean, isn't it essentially a corporation that was founded, and who's, you know, who are the shareholders of that corporation, and how is it that you're within their town if you never necessarily consented to be part of their corporation in the first place? Am I off on that, uh, Sam? Um, no. I don't know whether you are or not. I mean, I can tell you how I approach it, which is that, the point of the festival is for everyone to be able to have a good time, yeah. but to be able to have our exhibitors, and for everyone to meet. And so, I mean, this really just came at us as a surprise, but right. at the end of the day, I mean, we had to deal with it. I mean, if we really sure. want to make a big think about it, um, I mean, we basically have to be... It basically changes the entire aspect of. The sure, festival. sure it does. Here's here's so how I feel about it, though, Rich. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm I'm jumping down your throat or, or being too critical, yeah. but it seems to me that you've got an event with literally dozens at this point. I've heard uh, up to a hundred people are there at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. Yesterday you had fifty people there. You've got dozens of liberty activists around, yeah. and I understand that everybody wants to have a good time. But if there are going to be gang members coming in and threatening to destroy people's property, threatening to confiscate mm-hmm. people's uh, stuff for not obeying or be- bowing down to their rule, then essentially you could possibly have uh, you know a real activism opportunity where essentially there could be some civil disobedience going on where people don't obey their uh, their demands. As a result, they'll have to send in some sort of goons squad to come and start dismantling things and, yeah. and and at that point you may have some arrests on your hands and then many of those dozens of activists could then mobilize and be be activists during this pork fest week and, and go down and protest at the jail and and do, do who knows what i mean certainly it would have changed the uh, the, the aspect of the event but at the, yeah, at the same time it could be really positive um i mean for those people that are very much into the civil disobedience and want to fight you know the system and work for change that way um 
I mean, I can't say, you know, they're free people to do what they want. But yeah. my, you know, as far as I look at it, I mean... What about the Alternatives Expo? Like, we know they've got their own tent, and they're not officially part of Porkfest. Would it be okay right. with you if they were to just refuse to get the, the permit? Um, they, they haven't been asked for it, because they, they have a different type of uh, tent structure. They I just see. have a covering. The gotcha. issue is with the single CII tent. It's a much larger tent, and but, it basically adds sidings all around it. And so there's concern about, you know, what this large structure is doing. The Alt yeah, Expo tent, not, though, was the Alt Expo tent was not set up though when he came by. Ah, okay. So they may come back later this week. They know they've been successful at extracting money from the event in one particular way. They may actually come back for more. If you got more comments, hang on. We'll bring you back. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those. On us, including the archives. Have you missed a moment of the show? Well, go and download it right there for free on the front page of the website. At freetalklive.com as we continue discussing some of the drama that has erupted at the Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, where government bureaucrats have descended, or at least in this case one government bureaucrat, but he threatened to bring others. Uh, The government bureaucrats have descended upon uh, a group of people out in the wilderness at uh, Gunstock Campground here in New Hampshire having a good time. We will be joining them later this week. Uh, a bunch of people enjoying themselves, and the bureaucrats, they don't like that when, it, uh, when it's happening without them being begged for permission first. So the three-state project, uh, essentially, they had to bow down, or at least that's what uh, organizer Rich Goldman is telling us, because uh, otherwise they were going to come in and ruin all your fun. Right, Rich? Yeah, basically. I mean, and this is what, I mean, say what you will. I mean, if we can disagree philosophically, which I do, about you know whether or not we have to get permits, but... I mean, if that's if that's the law of the town and if that's what the situation is, I mean, unfortunately, we have to be a bit, or at least I have to be a bit more pragmatic and just say, you know, if we want the festival gone, this is what we have to do. And, you know, like I said, it worked out It worked out in the end. Everything's going to be fine. And everyone's going to be able to have a good time. And like I said, if you want to, you know, change the laws, you know, come on out to New Hampshire and help us change the laws. Hold, hold on, Rich. Way, you know, it's going to get changed. Rich, I want to I ask you about one thing you just said there. Yeah. You you said that you know we disagree philosophically on whether or not we have to get permits. The mm. fact is really that you did not plan to get permits; that you were getting along just fine without the permits. Oh, correct. So really, what you're saying is whether or not you thought it was effective to for Porkfest to continue, that you should go get these permits, not whether you actually needed them, because they didn't really create any value to Porkfest. They just took some of your money, and uh, that's it. I mean. Right, and and on, I mean honestly, it's like I mean without you know saying too much at this meeting, they come um, when it come to the uh, people I was working with from the town, they were saying I mean I wish we didn't you didn't have to get these permits either. I mean, oh, they're they, kind of annoying for us as well. Yeah, well, then you know you that's know, like the cops. Sure. Sure, that's like the um, cops that say you know well I'm just following well, orders. To be honest, the, the, the town bureaucrats probably didn't. They may or may not have written the law, but likely those rules were adopted at town meeting. So actually, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, a good chunk. You might it might not be a true majority, 
but a majority of the people in Guilford probably voted for it, not a few bureaucrats. I'm not saying that necessarily. I don't agree with the permitting. People vote for every single law that gets passed in 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 New Hampshire towns? In small towns like Guilford, yes. It is a direct democratic vote in every resident. You, it's a. Have, you've never been to. Well, you're in Keene. Yeah. yeah. It's no. It's a Once a year, you pass laws and new taxes by a direct vote of whoever feels like showing up. Um, but beyond that, I can see where you're coming from, Rich. You're basically responsible for keeping Porkfest going and making it run smoothly. Yeah. And the thing about the FSP is, it's not a giant civil disobedience project. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, as I understand it, it's a nonprofit corporation, if I'm correct right. on that. So they filed... Non-profit, and we basically just focused on trying to encourage 20,000 pro-liberty activists to move to New Hampshire. Right. And that's what the festival is really about. It's a showcase of New Hampshire and the Free State Project. Now, and, and, I mean, some of those activists who the Free State Project is trying to get here, a good number of them do want to engage in civil disobedience, yep. but the purpose of the Free State Project itself as an organization is to operate... Mm-hmm on the level above board to get 20,000 people here, in my opinion. And what mm-hmm. those members do what they get, once they get here is their, you know, that's their prerogative. And I do support civil disobedience in a lot of cases. I don't think Porkfest mm-hmm. is the venue to do it in. And, right. I, you know, I can absolutely agree. $100 as far as licensing fees go, you know, as far but as it how much they worse. They could, have, you. they could have chosen another arbitrary number that was higher than that, like $1,000, but then they know that there's a chance that you're going to say, sorry, we don't have that. We can't pay you. We just mm-hmm. don't have it. So that's well, why they set it at a so-called reasonable level. I mean, this is what the permitting laws are in the state of, Mer- in the state of New Hampshire and in the town of Guilford. Yeah. And this is where I go back to. It's like we can complain. It's not just per- I mean, we talk about alcohol policy, for instance. I mean, when you put on an event, you know, there's all these various, you know, alcohol policies that people have to follow. And everyone can complain about, say, oh, this is so ridiculous. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what, um, that's what the law is. You and mean so that the government like demands it, really people follow. Them to start getting active and work to change those laws. And this way, when we have the festival in the future, we don't have to deal with this. What do, you, do you feel like any uh, heat will come back against you personally uh, if, for instance, there is civil disobedience that goes on at the festival? Uh, for instance, Sam mentioned the Alternatives Expo tent was not up at that time. It's separate from the festival. It's a, it's a totally independent tent, and they may be putting their stuff up. And those people do tend to be uh, you know, market-based activists that, that are not going to comply. Uh, are they going to try to pressure you to try to, get to, you know, to try to work pressure against them? Do you feel like that might happen? It, no, it, it wouldn't be to me personally. Frankly, V2 Ever's putting up the tent. Okay. I mean, uh, it's not the Free State Project putting up the tent. Gotcha. It's the Free State Project putting up the Sacral CAI tent. I mean, but I was basically the one that, you know, basically took the, dealt with the uh, system, you know, and made sure that everything got to, you know, run along you know, well, and we didn't have to, you know, bring the police in and cause a big scene. Right. I just want to make sure I mean, that so I just want to make sure you aren't concerned that they're going to target you if someone else, independent of the Free State Project, if someone else does engage in some civil disobedience over this uh, um, this next week. I don't know, but I can tell you that. I mean, it, it's one thing. It's the, sometimes it's the company you keep. They may not say they they may not see a distinction between Alt Expo and the Free State Project. Well, that would certainly be an interesting. Uh, that will be an interesting situation. Hopefully, we won't have to deal with that. Hopefully, the rest yeah. of the week will go smoothly. You have uh, essentially paid them yeah, off, and that hopefully could, uh, they'll stay away. And if I could kind of put in the last word, which is, um, you know, I just want people to be able to, you know, come to the festival. You know, if you're kind of on the fence, um, really come out here. Everyone's having a great time, hanging out, camping, going on hikes, going on bus tours. You know, we're going to have 50 exhibitors this year. 
Um, a lot of good information, a lot of good, uh, you know, services and companies are going to be there. Yep, it's right. definitely a good time. I have to say I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I, I appreciate that you have to do what you need to do to keep the doors open yep. and, and to keep it going, and hopefully they won't uh, put any pressure on you if other people decide to voluntarily choose for themselves to disobey yep. the uh, the diktats yep. of the state agents. Yep, Rich, and I hope, to, uh, I, I hope to have you on your show uh, during the festival when you're here. Yeah, you know, uh, we're, you had said that we're going to be outdoors on Friday and Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, you'll be under the main lodge tent, and then Thursday you'll be inside the uh, pub area. So okay. You can get some food, get some drinks. I love the, the idea. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the temperature outside and whether the equipment will hold up. We'll try it, and we'll see how it goes, but I'm hoping we're going to have a backup like to be able to maybe go indoors if necessary because okay. uh, the, the temperature could be an issue. If, the, you know, if it's too hot outside, the equipment may not be able to handle it, but we'll All see right. what happens. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate the uh, the oh, call in tonight, right. and thank you for the discussion. We'll see you this weekend. 800-259-9231. A tough, tough place to be in as uh, as an event organizer, as someone whose main goal is to ensure that the event goes off successfully. Even if he was, uh, you know, even if he was one of us in that, uh, and when I say us, me and you, Sam, uh, more of the kind of uh, market-based activists, more uh, with an affinity towards civil disobedience, he would then be risking everyone's good time by uh, disobeying the uh, the state agents. And, and I think people like you and I tend to shy away from some of the organizational aspects of the Free State Project, and it's more of the political mindsets that step in there, and they see a linear, logical pro- um, progression of the Free State Project growth. As in, until enough people are here, yeah, and we're can just going to keep adding them obey. one at a time, whereas you or I might see the possibility of one act of civil disobedience being the spark that gets the next 10,000 to sign up. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely with you there, and would love to hear your thoughts. We go to your calls about what you want. Actually, no, we don't. Stoner was on the line, and he has dropped off. All right, 800-259-9231. Nick, uh, any other comments on this issue about the, um, the bureaucrats and uh, not really. I think Rich basically did what he should have done or what he needed to do in, in, as far as the fact that he was working in the capacity as the coordinator for Porkfest. And I think he did his job keeping the festival running smoothly. You know, I, if he was going to do civil disobedience in that area, he was he was putting a lot of people's weeks and a lot of planning and a lot of money on the line. And I think even if Rich was going to do civil disobedience, he should do it with something that involves himself directly and not Porkfest. It's a valid point. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe enough time for your call. In fact, Tim is on the line in Wisconsin. We're going to get to him and take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Sam. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Just start your shopping there. It doesn't matter what you buy. 41 categories to shop in. Even used items. Load up your shopping cart with the stuff you need for life, stuff you want to entertain yourself with, furniture, baby stuff, camping supplies. If you're going to pork fest, it's not too late. Uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com. They have it all, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage if you use that link to start it up. Uh, your shopping experience, that is. We go to Tim in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tim. Hi. Hey, what's on your uh, mind tonight? 
the, the thing I couldn't help wanting to say uh, about the airport scanners that scan through the clothes after I heard it being talked about on the program, I think last week, mm-hmm. that you know uh, reveals you know body parts you know underneath underneath the clothes. Is that something I you know kind of feeling when, when I really think about that that kind of feeling you know that people should read really, enough people should read really, you know get fighting because because I, I can't feel you know feeling especially feeling for you know married couples you know that that you know when uh, married couples you know travel you know by plane you know I, I know if I was you know married right now I I'd feel strongly that. You know, my my wife's. You know, um, sure, sure. You know, a lot of people private, are private parts are, are, are for, for my eyes only. But, yeah, I could understand that. I could understand a lot of people very concerned about their privacy, especially of their uh, so-called private areas. And this machine, uh, I, I heard Julia and Gardner's show over the weekend, and Julia apparently saw a photo from what it looks like when someone walks through, and she says you can see all the curves and folds, and it's it's someone's naked body. It's like a blue version of their naked body, but it's it's a naked body, and uh, certainly some people be made very uncomfortable comfortable by that. Now, every time I've seen them uh, present these machines to the press, they always give the reporter a big metal plate to hold oh, really? in front of your private parts. If you want to go through the machine with that, I guess you could crotch something and uh, you know sneak it through the airport security, rendering it ineffective. But who's to say how long they're going to continue to allow that option? But wait, know? I thought you said that was only for the reporters. They're not going to let little people do that, Well, right? they're, they're talking about, yeah, you would have that option if a passenger objected that you could get this big metal put plate, a plate that wouldn't be able to... to what about women in their, in their breasts? Would there be a plate for that, too? They only showed one, but it was a male reporter, so who knows? Yeah. And, uh, either way, a lot of people are going to be pretty uncomfortable by that. And I would agree. I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from on that, but hey, what can you do? Uh, it's That's the way it is. You can and, take the bus and that is yeah. you know until, until they start they checking ids there and they and will doing the same thing it's all a matter of time thanks for the call tonight we appreciate it tim 800-259-9231 hey quick email here we've only got a few moments left since we've got you on the show sam who uh, is a practitioner of the the law of attraction which uh, some of our more skeptical listeners are they they don't really like the idea too much they they call it positive thinking and you know whatever you want to call it is is fine uh but there's kind of a viewpoint that I think is inherent to the law of attraction to some extent. And I want to go over this with uh, with an email from Daniel. He says, okay. hey, I'm a pretty devoted listener, and uh, the other day you referred to yourself as a pantheist. Last I heard, you called yourself an atheist. Kind of a big swing from no God to all God. What caused this transformation? What is a pantheist, in your words? What are your criteria for determining truth from fallacy? And how does pantheism fit into that? I.e., what evidence do you have that pantheism is correct? Now, I'm jumping to a conclusion here, Sam. Uh, how would you describe your belief system? Would you say they are uh, your beliefs are pantheistic? I, I think so. You know, the first time I heard that word was when you brought it up on the air, and before that, I would, had always considered myself to be somewhere along the uh, lines of an atheist or something close to that. But I share more of Mark's belief in, uh, you know, there is this one energy or life force that we're all a part of Mm -hmm. and that you know at our lowest level we're just vibrating energy and uh when we die we kind of go back and become part of that that force and that is god in a sense so i would say for lack of a better term and that's what i was looking for i Mm -hmm. I, i have a similar viewpoint and i was out there looking to see well what term describes this particular viewpoint and the best term i could find was was pantheist and it's something we've discussed a bit recently. Uh, what caused the transformation, he asks. 
Uh, well, just basically learning more, uh, you know, hearing more about the law of attraction and understanding that I had come to many of the same conclusions on my own during my life based on circumstances and based on what I learned. And the law of attraction and it, essentially it, the, you know, the law of allowing all of these things wrapped into one really helped me, uh, I guess, crystallize my view. And when I heard this viewpoint being advocated or being talked about, it just it rang true for me. It, it just made sense. Is it scientific? No. Is there evidence? Because he asks later, you know, what's your criteria for determining truth from fallacy, and how does pantheism fit into that? What evidence do you have that fa- pantheism is correct? I don't know if I have any evidence necessarily that any anyone of a scientific mind is going to look at and say, okay, yes, pantheism is correct. I, I'm not going to even try to broach that subject. But, but I do have my personal experience, and the, and I do like the idea of this sort of all-encompassing, all that is, everything that is, is God. Not that, and, and I don't like even the term God, because I think it misleads people into thinking of the old kind of monotheistic Christian God, right. like, oh, so there's this God, and he makes decisions for you. No, 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 there's no he, there's no she. It's, it's not a consciousness, necessarily. It's just what is. And for me, really, the most important thing that I've come to realize is um, it's about really being in the question and being open to all the possibilities that are out there because once I'm right about something, once I've made up my mind and I've decided, look, this is the way it is, no other possibilities exist because I already know, look, this is how it is. So just being open and approaching things with that beginner's eye and looking for other evidence that's out there allows some amazing things to open up for me. He says, uh, what is it that caused this transformation? I think I've always been someone who... You know, I've, I've certainly always rejected authority back as far as I can remember. And when I rejected the, uh, you know, the so-called authority of the organized religions of the world, it seemed that the next place to go would be to be an atheist because I was rejecting all of their gods, and so therefore I don't believe in those gods. So therefore I'm an atheist. But coming across the law of attraction and the, you know, the message essentially of personal empowerment that it that it portrays. Uh, it just it just seems so sensible. Do I know if there's any? Is there any evidence to prove that it's all true? The whole vibration thing and all that? No, of course not. But I do have evidence in my own life, and it's totally case study. It's totally subjective. That says that what you focus on is what you get. And if you focus wow. on things that that are are positive, then you will have a, a a much more positive experience. You focus on what you want, you'll get what you want. And if what you, what you, what you want, if what you want is negativity and what you want is uh, you know bad random things to happen to you, that's going to happen as well. Well, it looks like I might be the skeptic in the room tonight, which feels weird, but I'm going to say that there there's obviously um a correlation between what you think and focus on and want and what you get. If you don't if you aren't focused on a particular goal, Obviously, the odds that you're going to get there aren't very good. If you are focused on the goal and you're going to work towards it, yeah, probably nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, if you're a capable person, you're going to get there. I don't think that means that you're showing a causation between positive thought about one thing equals positive There's no way to prove that the universe is actually lining up these good things to happen to you. There's no way to prove that, but that is essentially the viewpoint and I, it just it rings true for me. That's all I can say. But see, Nick, here's the thing. 
the way I've made up the world to be, that uh, these things do line up, that my thoughts do start to create and unfold the world around me, is true for me. And just like you tend to believe that, no, thoughts don't do that, it's more by happenstance and by chance, that's what the law of attraction gives you. So the world that you live in creates exactly that, and you're right as well. Well, under the if we're going by the law of attraction, which I, I also disagree, I'm disagreeing with, if we're going to go by that, then yes, I guess we could both be right. But I'm saying that there is a there's an objective truth to the universe, um, and I'm not saying I necessarily have it right on either. Um, but I, I think a lot of it, it just sounds like backwards reasoning to me. If you reach a goal, obviously, at some point beforehand, you must have set that goal firmly in your mind mm-hmm. so sure. to say that by setting it, it it necessarily means you're going to reach the goal you're working backwards in your reasoning and it, i don't think it necessarily yeah, no, holds up. I'll, I'll agree with you i think what we may be saying is though is that um the the possible paths between any two points are infinite so right. who's to say which one you're on and that by using the law of attraction you can sort of hone the paths that are available that you're looking to take and get there more quickly, uh, you know, get more effective results, wh- whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Oh, absolutely. But, see, to me, that's just under free will. You have a lot of different choices, and there's a lot of paths I could take to just physically get, let's say physically, I could get from here to Kansas City. There's a lot of different ways I could go. I could go the long way, the other way around the Earth, and it'd take me a lot longer. I could choose my path there, and it's, it's virtually infinite. So I see what you're saying, but I don't know if I necessarily buy into all the language behind it. Sure. All right. Totally understood, and we are out of time. Nonetheless, it will be a conversation that I'm sure will continue at a later point. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.